Hey, feisty friends, welcome to the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast, where each week we deliver trusted information for women who want to get the best from their bodies throughout their lives. Learn to feel and perform your best through our four pillars of performance, physiology, nutrition, mental health, and culture. I'm your host, Sarah Gross, and this is a Feisty Media production. Hi, Feisties. Happy Monday. Uh, As many of you know, we have had our Feisty Women's Performance Summit this weekend. Uh, It is Saturday, March 26th right now, so we are smack in the middle of the summit. We had a great day today, uh, an amazing keynote from Lael Wilcox, who we heard from on the podcast earlier this month. And um, this afternoon, da-da-da, we had Celine Yeager, host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. And in the middle and all day long, we had amazing breakout sessions about nutrition, about mental health, about culture, about how to get the best out of our physiology. It's been a really fun day and I'm super stoked about tomorrow. But for now, I would like to share with you the, the keynote that Celine did just now, just now for me, two days ago for you all. It is called The Power of Pushing Back, Speaking Out and Welcoming In what empowering culture can do to elevate women and how to create it. So for those who don't know Celine, she works with us here at Feisty Media. She is the host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast, and she also runs our Feisty Menopause community. Um, She is a lifetime journalist and writer who has been working in the outdoor space and sports basically forever. Uh, She is full of wisdom, having researched almost everything. She's also the co-author of Dr. Stacey Sims' book, Roar, and they have a new book coming out called Next Level, all about athletic women and menopause. So if you haven't got your pre-order of that, head on over to Amazon and grab that. And she was also an, a cyclist extraordinaire. She still is a cyclist extraordinaire. So I really wanted to share this talk by Celine with you all this week on the podcast. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. As a lifelong runner and triathlete turned CrossFitter, I am stoked to announce that the athletic eyewear brand Tofosi Optics has joined us as a partner here at Feisty Media. Tofosi sports glasses hit all the marks for athletes. They are shatterproof poly bicarbonate, so the lenses not only reduce glare, but also offer scratch resistance, which I 100% need. They stay in place when you are moving. The hydrophilic rubber nose pads actually get more grippy the more you sweat, so they are secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in hot conditions. No matter what sport you do, Tofosi has shades for you. Whether you love tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, or just hanging out on the beach. They are super reasonably priced, which I love, so I can have multiple pairs that go with any outfit. And of course, feisty listeners get a special discount. So head on over to tofosioptics.com and use the code FM20. FM as in feisty media to get 20% off your order. That's FM20 at tofosioptics.com. I'll put a link in the show notes to make it easy for you. As we head into summer, rest and recovery are critical for improving sports performance, reducing stress, and living a long and healthy life. We should all invest in better sleep. So think about the thing you lay your head on for eight hours a night. If it's not exactly right for you, it can lead to needless tossing and turning, or worse, have you waking up with an unrelenting kink in your neck. My new Lagoon pillow has helped me improve my sleep immensely by pairing me with the performance pillow that has everything I need. So I personally was matched with the Otter pillow, shout out to Team Otter, which I love because it has a gentle cooling effect. And I was able to choose how much stuffing I wanted in it, which is super important to me because I'm doing a decent amount of CrossFit these days and my shoulders are kind of creaky. So having a pillow that is stuffed just to the right height keeps my neck and head in exactly the right position and comfortable for the entire night. And as of fall 2023, Lagoon launched their 100% Mulberry Silk Pillowcases. 
It's cool to the touch, buttery soft, and great for your skin and hair. You've got to go check out this pillowcase if you want to feel great and look great every morning. Waking up for morning workouts has never felt better. I'm refreshed and pain-free thanks to my Lagoon pillow. To check it out for yourself, go to lagoonsleep.com forward slash performance and take the two-minute sleep quiz to find your perfect pillow match. And then use the code PERFORMANCE for 15% off your first purchase. That's code PERFORMANCE at lagoonsleep.com forward slash performance, whole 15% off, and the link is in the show notes. You can just click through there. Hello, strong, feisty women. So my presentation that I came up with at 6.45 this morning is the power of pushing back, speaking out, and welcoming in, what empowering culture can do to elevate women, and how to create it. And like, honest to God, I did not know at 6.45 this morning that I would be here with you today. Uh, I, I am not Dr. Stacey Sims, though I do play her ghost sometimes in books like Roar. And she had an emergency situation and couldn't be here. And I knew that they were uh, maybe freaking out a little bit <laughs> uh, backstage at Feisty. And I, I volunteered because this is what I do, right? Like, I, I, if I think something that I want to do it, I say, hey, I'll do it. And then I freak the hell out and figure it out. And this is, you're watching it in motion right now. I, I immediately said that I would do it because... Uh, I've been watching some of the presentations. I watched Amelia Boone last night and I thought I have things to say about this. I have contributions. I have learned, I have learned so, so much <laughs> uh, about, about what empowerment means and about what an empowering culture really means and how those things are really different. And I'm going to be honest, like, you know, when Sarah would sometimes push back in meetings about like empowering people, like you don't really empower them, they empower themselves. And we'd have these conversations, like I didn't really get it. And as you'll see in this conversation and in my own evolution, um, yeah, like I understand it now. And it's because of these kind of summits and it's because of the communities that we have put together. Um, you know, Stacy was going to talk a little bit about the multidisciplinary approach to performance. And I'm going to talk too about a multifactorial thing, but it's really it's really going at this empowerment piece and how we can all uh, steer the culture and how we can nurture that community and how we can be a big part of this change that we want to see. Uh, and I'd like to thank that picture is Gina Ransom. I, I put together this PowerPoint really fast and I just love that picture of her. She's, she was on the show and she, uh, she created a street parking menopause group. It's menopausal women who do street parking, which is uh, kind of a CrossFit style lifting in their garages. And, you know, she really gets the concept of empowering community. So I, I just wanted to share that picture as part of this because I was like, that's what it's all about. Uh, I'd like to... I'd like to take a few minutes to share my own journey and how I got here. And it's, it's, not, it's not always pretty. And it's not always easy to talk about, like some of this stuff, but I think it's important. Uh, for those who don't know me, uh, I am Celine Yeager. I've been a health and fitness journalist since the early 1990s. I have written for Bicycling Magazine uh, for 26 years, and I've been doing triathlon and, and more usually racing bikes, mountain bikes, gravel bikes for just about as long. Uh, I am, as you heard, the host of Hit Play, Not Pause, and that is a podcast for performance-minded women in the menopause transition and beyond. And that podcast really opened my eyes to what this weekend is all about, uh, to what an empowering culture is really all about. But if I'm going to be super, super duper honest, and I'm going to just be super duper honest, my eyes were not always that open. Um, <laughs> when I started mountain biking and off-road racing, there were not a lot of women, like anywhere. I could show up to local races and there would be no women. I could show up to a giant race like Leadville 
And honest to God, back in the day, there would be like 10 women there. They had like 9% women in their field. They're just, they weren't there. And if I'm brutally honest, I was okay with that. Um, I've always been a little bit of a loner. And I, if I'm going to be brutally, painfully honest, I really didn't think I needed other women. In fact, very early on in my life, I was leery of other women. And, you know, that's hard to admit, but you'll understand as I go through this. Like, I grew up, I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania in the 70s. And I had always been taught, especially from my grandmother, that, uh, that women were catty, that women were the competition, especially for men, right? Like, as it, was all about that, it was all about that, that you didn't work with women. Uh, and you sure as shit didn't want to work for other women because, I mean, the devil wears Prada, right? You know, that that idea hung out for a long time. And in publishing, where I worked, it was <laughs> it was rough. I mean, there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of mean girls there were also a lot of mean men. There were a lot of mean people. And uh, it didn't help foster trust in a lot of in a lot of ways. So. I went on, you know, to figure it out by myself. I got a bike and I did pretty well on my own. I, I won some races. I was like, I got this. I can race with the boys. I can put on a pink dress. I can beat the boys. I am on top of the world. I got this. I got this until I was. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't always on top of the world. And there were times, <laughs> there were times when when she would go completely sideways on me, right? I, I couldn't, and I couldn't figure out why. I would train and I'd race and I would do all the things and follow all the same steps. And sometimes I would go from feeling like the bionic woman to feeling just like you see me there, like lights out what has just happened. And I had no idea why. And, you know, along the way, I met Dr. Stacey Sims. And I met her actually at a coaching summit, which was heavily male dominated, especially at the time. And she was speaking loudly in these male spaces about how women were physiologically different and that we needed different hydration and we needed different training. And she was talking about periods and blood flow and menstruation and the follicular phase and the luteal flow, like all of it to these, to these men. And I was like, whoa. And I started working with her and spending more time with her. And she helped me understand not only the power of speaking out in those spaces because she was rocking people's worlds and starting to steer that culture, but she made she helped me understand that I had been sold a really crappy bill of goods about a lot of things, including my very own physiology. And I started to race with more women. And I, you know, I felt inspired. I felt inspired to push back on these narratives that I had been taught and to empower more women. You know, and I, I pitched Stacy the book Roar. And when Roar came out, it started a movement that your periods could be a time of power, that you could, uh, you know, women could work with their physiology and they could reach new heights. And personally, at that point, I was like, super cool. Like, I really got this. Now I really got this. I'm writing these things. Women are awesome. I'm empowering women. I'm empowering myself until I wasn't. <laughs> when I hit menopause was the first time that I felt really alone. Not alone or by choice, just fucking alone. My body was changing, my power, which had always been my power, was going away, my anxiety was rising, and I just wanted to disappear. And if I hadn't already pitched Stacy on a book for menopausal athletes, sometimes I think I would have just tried to disappear. So she helped, she helped a lot, right? She helped a lot. And our, our next book, Next Level, which will be out in May, 
is like Roar. It's it's filled with science to help women navigate this challenging time and get the most out of their changing bodies. I myself, you know, dug into her science. I listened to what she had to say. I did some background research and I was able to, you know, use all of that, incorporate it in my life, stand on a few more podiums myself and feel more like myself. And again, I was like, cool, this is empowerment, right? More empowerment on the way. We, we have got you. And then I got the opportunity to start this podcast, Hit Play, Not Pause, which is produced by a company chock full of amazing women. And, you know, I thought this is fabulous. If I was feeling alone and I was feeling in the dark and I had all these resources at my disposal, there must be women feeling super alone and super in the dark. So I'll start this show and I'll have on guests. And, you know, in mind, it was just going to be more practical service journalism, right? Like I would have people on that could tell you how to manage your hot flashes and how to get better sleep and how to eat the right macronutrients and, you know, and do all that stuff because I thought that's what empowerment was. You, you, you see a problem, you get some information, you share that information, and you have empowered somebody. Um, and, you know, that's, that's true to a point. That's some of it. But that's really just a piece. And I didn't even know that myself yet, personally. It, it took me more time to really understand that piece. And that shift happened in the Hit Play, Not Pause Facebook group. For the first time, you know, when, when thousands of women, and literally thousands of women, we have more than 10,000 women in that group now. It's growing all the time. Some of them don't even know there's a podcast, which cracks me up to no end. But, they're, they're, you know, they're getting it by word of mouth and they're just pouring into this venue, which is frankly amazing. For the first time when I saw this collective group of women and the power of this collective group of women, I really saw how wrong everything I had been taught growing up was. I mean, I knew it in my, I knew it mentally. Like I, I you know, I have, I've had an evolution. I've come a long way. Uh, but man, I really saw it. I had, I had come then to realize that maybe, probably, that I was taught all these things about women not being able to work together and women being catty and you don't want to work with women because maybe, probably, the male-dominated culture had conspired in their own way to keep women in that space from working together because they knew what the fuck would happen if we did. Hit play, not pause is helping empower women, all right. But it's not doing it just by giving them knowledge. It's doing so by giving them a space where they can learn and grow and lift each other up as they climb to new heights. It's where they can see and hear the voices of other women just like them, where they never have to feel alone. And I just want to share this story with you that just came through the other day because it kind of like epitomizes all of this to me. This woman posted, name is Katie Bryce, and she says, feeling like I've got to share my positive experience, it's long. I am a 49-year-old active non-competitive athlete. I mountain and gravel bike a lot. I surf, ski, run, hike, etc. Ten months ago, I was really really struggling with so many symptoms, weight gain, belly fat, fatigue, insomnia, reduced performance, brain fog, depression, anxiety. I felt like total ass. We've all been there. We've all been there, Katie. I have put into action almost everything I've learned from the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. I knew nothing before. Now I feel the healthiest and fittest I have felt in a long, long time. I also weigh more than I ever have in my life. Stick with me here. The single most significant thing I started was incorporating strength training one time a week and hit strength workouts two times a week. I have been very consistent, very focused, and started really seeing results at six months. I gained 
four pounds, but lost inches and got leaner. I feel and look stronger, more injury resistant than ever. I started taking low-dose birth control pills on a continuous cycle, no more periods, no more depression, and only the occasional anxiety. I intend to take this for a few years until I think I might be close to menopause. I personally decided that depression and, depression and anxiety could very well kill me faster than any of the risks of taking oral contraceptives. She goes on to say she always ate healthy, but she started eating less meat, more beans, more fish. Seems too simple to be true, but I think this was a game changer. I don't restrict my diet at all, but by eating more fiber, my gut, my energy, and my body felt better within days. Started taking adaptogens, ashwagandha and rhodiola, and magnesium on the daily. I stopped tracking every damn thing. I went from tracking calories, I'm embarrassed to say I was on Noom, and tracking macros and tracking sleep. I was out of control with the tracking, and I think this contributed to my anxiety. So stop tracking. I have learned to listen to myself, my body, and my intuition with eating, sleep, workouts, rest, etc. It took time, but it's working. These were a few things I did. At the time, she says they felt like big changes, but now it's just how I live. My big takeaway, consistency, time, patience, and some tinkering. Stick with it. Give it time. Work hard at it. Just my experience. And Celine Yeager should get Human of the Year Award. No, I shouldn't, but more on that in a second here. I did not do that. I am not Human of the Year. These women have all done that. All the wise, intelligent women who have agreed to be on the show and to share their knowledge and to share their stories and to share their advice and to just come, come with all of this and, and bring it forth. They are the ones that did it. That empowering culture we're talking about did that. And the, 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 the feed, the Hit Plan Out Pause feed is filled with those stories. My DMs are filled with those stories. And while we're talking about culture, you know, I just want to take a moment to say that the culture at large is changing. What we're doing is working. You see menstruation and menopause everywhere now. You see it everywhere, especially menopause, which you never saw anywhere. I think once women took these subjects out of the shadows and turned on the lights so people could see, it encouraged other women to step out and speak and for more voices to enter the conversation. And in that, I also think it's important to recognize that this empowering culture that we're steering and growing takes all of us. We all need to contribute our voices and to call other people in to keep it supportive. And that calling in piece, I think, is really important. And I was reminded of that just two days ago. Yesterday, Tom's funny, very recently. Um, there's a very prominent doctor in the UK who just was on Twitter saying that, you know, she, she posted a, uh, I don't know, she was in some kind of a Zoom with other people talking about menopause. And she was saying that if you ask people what menopause means, they'll say flushes, sweats, irritable, shouty women. And that she wanted to rebrand menopause to give it a new name, female hormone deficiency. And I got really angry at that. Uh, and I want to thank my friend Amanda Thebe, who was on the receiving end of many F-bombs as I ranted about this for the better part of a day and a half. Uh, because I now feel really super protective of this community. And I wanted to call her out and say, F your female hormone deficiency. But then I was like, okay, what I really need to do is take a lesson from Feisty's playbook. And Sarah had brought this up last year at the summit and call her in and shine a light so she can see all of us and she can see all the women doing kick-ass things with and without hormones. And I'd like to say to her that we are not deficient. We are not deficient. Hormones may help soothe symptoms for some, but they won't make us whole. They don't even call it hormone replacement anymore because it's actually not replacing anything. We don't need them to make us whole. We make us 
whole. And I'd, I'd like to thank you all for finally helping to make me whole. I knew I would cry. I always cry. Um, and for helping me understand what empowerment I am hopeless. What empowerment really is and where it comes from. Um, because this is what it's all about. And we've started this thing and it's taking on momentum and we have that power. And with power comes responsibility. So let me calm myself down and talk a little bit about what creating that culture looks like. You don't need to write a book. You don't need to start a podcast. So you can. Those are great things. Um, but you can do this in your everyday life. You're already doing it. You're here, right? You're here. You're participating. You're learning. You're growing. You're sharing. That is all a huge part of nurturing and growing this groundswell that we have of this empowering culture. And you can also do it in your in your everyday life as you go about about your life i think there's there's just a few pillars to creating and nurturing this culture that revolve around knowledge opportunity and community right like we need knowledge we need the opportunity to come together and share we need to have that community to do it with and and we're all part of this right now so as you go into your lives after this summit here are just a few ways that I have learned, you know, through the year and a half or so that I've been doing Hit Play Not Pause and part of this community and like really understanding these concepts uh, that I think help continue to expand and create and steer this culture. You know, the first thing I, I would want to say is that uh, whether you go, you want to start a Facebook group or you want to start a running group or, you know, whatever you want to do to like continue to build community. If you're, if you're scared to do that because you think, oh, nobody's going to do it or ah, no one's interested in that, like if you have something that is, is lighting your fire, trust it. You are not alone. Whatever shit you're going through, you are not alone. When I, before I started the podcast, I was like freaking out. I was like, what if I fail? What if nobody listens? What if nobody cares? What if it's just me? And, you know, I guarantee you there's tens of thousands of women feeling the exact same way you are, you are not alone. Second thing I'd want to say is vulnerability is strength. It is hard to share things, right? Like I spent quite a bit of time today going, do I want to share that part about like me thinking that I didn't need other women? Like I sound kind of like an asshole, but like, that's the point, right? Like I, that was part of the culture that I grew up in. And it was part of my evolution. And now that I'm part of this changing culture, I can change with it too. And I can help other people. And by sharing myself and being honest, there are women who grew up in the same circumstances that I grew up in, right? Who are just like, oh, wow, I'm not a bad person. You know, that's just like, that was what I came up with. And now we're in another place and let's go forward and keep moving it forward. Yeah, and it's it makes you stronger to share. It's kind of like Amelia Boone was amazing last night. Like, how vulnerable was that? How vulnerable was she? And how powerful was she? Because she was so vulnerable. When you hide things, you shrink, right? When you want to hide stuff from the world, what do you do? You close in and you shrink. And when you share and open up, you grow and you expand and you're strong. Your vulnerability is your strength. Share your knowledge. Like we all have so much knowledge. You know, Next Level, the book we have coming out, that's it. Like that's us sharing our knowledge. And the beauty of having a big community and having this cultural shift is there's more women than ever who are in this conversation with knowledge to share. But So by all means, join the conversations Put yourself in there, like whatever knowledge you put in this river goes downstream and affects all the women behind us, in front of us, it affects everybody. And then I would just say, and this is kind of a big one because, you know, you, I, my, my tip is to steer with your attitude, you know, and, and to be what you want to see. That's a little cliche, but it's true. With the Hit Play Not Pause community, it was really, really important to me personally. 
that it not be all about weight, right? I really, really didn't want it to be all about weight loss. And, and, you know, I knew weight would come up. I knew it was important. It is just part of this time. So I, like, I, I didn't want to just shut it down or make any, like, we're not going to talk about that. But I also didn't want it to be the end all be all of the conversation or part of that culture that I was trying to steer and create. So, and so it starts with you, right? Like if you want to have the conversations be about other things, talk about other things, you know, and that's a, a huge part of what I tried to do there. It's like, okay, I'm going to talk about performance and I'm going to talk about how you feel. And I'm going to like share stories that are of success that are not revolving around a number on a scale. And then when you do that, other people are like, oh, wow, those are some rad accomplishments. Like, I'll share those rad accomplishments, too, because it's not all about numbers on a scale. And it just has this ripple effect, right, of positivity. And I think that that is really important, especially in women's spaces, because women get so much negativity put upon us. And when people try to sell things to us, they often come at us with that negativity bias because they know we're vulnerable there. So wherever we can push back with positivity, that makes us stronger and it makes us more resistant to those kind of predatory messages, which are only going to get stronger as we get stronger. So we got this. Like, this is our time. This is our space. We are, what we're doing is working and we just have to keep growing and sharing and giving ourselves and others more opportunities and lifting while we climb. That's all I got. Yay, thank you. Why am I vague? Oh, <laughs> thank you so much, Celine. I just related to everything that you said. Um, thank you. I also got my computer to work. So oh, good. That's good news, yeah. <laughs> Um, if folks have questions, specific questions for Celine, please put them in the side because um, we're going to continue this conversation right now. So if people want to um, share a story or um, ask Celine a question, go for it. Um, wow, I was thinking so many things. I was like, where do I want to start? Um, I, uh, you know, I have a couple moments too that like I, I, I don't know if it was the same where you were, but like I grew up in a time when it was like really cool to be a tomboy. Yes. Um, and so that athletic part of me like really had a place and I like I had social influence because of it, you know, um, because I was good at sport, if that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. and I can remember this. I have like a few different like times, but I can remember being in a um, a group of women and one I forget why like, I don't even know why we were there. What we were talking about, but she like loved to wear dresses. She would ha always have like floral patterns on, like things that like in the nineties, like when I was a teenager, like were not cool, right? Right. And she said, like, I love this. I love dressing like this. Like I love being feminine. I love like I don't like sport, and I feel like I feel like I'm excluded because of it. Like I feel like, and I was like, and I realized like oh, like I'm the mean girl here. Like, you know, like yeah. I'm the one who yeah. did not yeah. like yeah. make any effort to, I'm like, well, if you want to play sport, just play sport. Like kind of the, the attitude. Oh, that, totally. That totally. I hear a lot of like the older generation of men now saying like, you can sign up. Why didn't you, why don't you just sign up? Like, why? And I used to wrong? be that woman too. I was a hundred percent when in cycling, I'm like, mm -hmm. I signed up, like sign up. You want to do it, do it. And it, and that, mm -hmm. it's just very blind to the, mm -hmm to all those other pieces that really help open that door to, to, to yeah. you know, yeah, some of us were willing to just kick it down and say, I don't care, you know, mm -hmm. but like that, that wasn't always the way to go. And that wasn't always helpful either. And I, 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 I see that now, yeah. you know, but it took, it took a while. It you a come while. from where you come from. Yeah, no, totally. And like the research plays out like that with like women's leadership, for example, like the first women into senior executive positions, for example, have a lot of like traits of traditional male leadership, yeah. right? Like now those things are changing, but like that's how that first generation. So like if we were say good at sport, right? Like we were the first ones in the door. I didn't realize like how um, that, how that much that excludes. And then I, I was thinking about, um, Stacy too, and like the science piece, like how right now, like we have a sports system and we still, we hear this, like I heard, I hear this from triathlon coaches now, like we don't need to focus on female physiology, right? Which means that like the 
training, like the, tra the, the science and then the training that's based on that science, right, is going to suit women who have a lower hormone profile. Right. Like, I I'm just making the shit up, honestly. Like, I don't even know if that's true or not. I don't even think a study's been done. But I think that that, like, it has to be true. Like, we're bringing along a certain type of woman who can become an elite athlete within that system. But right. we're not bringing along the whole talent pool. <laughs> right? Right. No, 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 no. No, 100%. And that's, and that's part of it. And that's why, like, I, I think it's all those pieces that I titled my thing. It's like, speaking out and pushing back and welcoming in like that's it's all of that you know without without a stacy who was willing to like step on a stage in front of a bunch of male coaches and be like the women have periods like these women you know a lot of these women are menstruating here mm -hmm. and this is how it affects them and if you don't know that then you're, they're not reaching their potential mm -hmm. and then you know i mean that like that it took somebody to to do that and then it takes people to be willing to talk about periods in a culture where you don't talk about periods, mm -hmm. right? And sort of steer that boat. Mm -hmm. And then that goes into the waters and then it you travel down and, and now we are talking about menopause and nobody talked about that. But it, that's, you know, that that's where, you know, for me, I had always thought like, I'm doing my job because I'm putting words into the world. I'm doing my job because I go on pub PubMed and I find these studies and I translate them and I'm real good at it. And I can tell you like what they mean and what you should do. You're empowered. You know, like, I mean, that was just sort of my take. Mm -hmm. And I, it, it was really eye opening me to me to see that, um, that yes, that's a piece of it, but it's really, really just a piece of it. Mm -hmm. Because if, if you're then out in a world that doesn't, uh, that, that, that doesn't see you or doesn't recognize you like it's it's only so helpful and if you don't have anyone to sort of share that journey with it's really not helpful mm -hmm. right like there's advice <laughs> that I have written that I have never taken because I'm just <laughs> like ah and then like I then I'm part of this group of women who are taking this advice and it's working for them I'm like you're a dumbass why don't you take your own advice mm -hmm. but I just like and then I'm like, oh, I'll take my own advice. And look, I'm, it's working just like it's working for these women. And that sounds ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But like, that's how it works when you're in isolation. Like, even if you know what to do, you mm -hmm. might not do it because you're just kind of alone. And it, the, the, mm -hmm. you know, the energy isn't the same. Mm -hmm. But when you when you're when you're in a in a water with a bunch of other women who are swimming the same sea with you, then you're just like, oh, OK, like it, the energy changes. Yeah, sorry, I had to mute, mute myself for a moment. If you guys can hear the background noise, there's like some kind of kids party <laughs> right next door that's like literally just like trudged in and set up while we were talking. <laughs> so like, I apologize if you could hear that. Um, yeah, I was thinking about like the why, because I react very strongly to the, like that dichotomy of like seeing that women need to be empowered. And I think like, you mentioned so I'm trying to explain my re my like utterly negative reaction to that and I never understood it frankly right. like what is wrong with her and then, yeah. <laughs> like why doesn't she want to empower people Sarah what is wrong with you about? like it took me a while to like figure out the language for that right because I was just having this visceral reaction to like stop fucking patting me on the head and telling me I need to be empowered I am empowered like you guys need to sit down <laughs> you know like and so like and I think back to like like because I did a lot of like um feminist studies like women's studies and in, in um when I was doing my degrees and like like when you have that like patriarchal dichotomy of like where we um value things that are coded male or masculine more than we do things that are female or feminine doesn't mean that we don't have a value system that values things that are feminine but just like the tilt is slightly towards right. the masculine right so we end up like it, it then makes sense in that context to be like, well, women, we're like on the lower rung, kind of, if you will, like on average, like let's, oh, we need to empower them. We need to like, right. you know, help them. But if we stay there, like if we stay on that rung of like being the ones that need the help, whatever, whatever group you're talking about, then we're forever stuck there. Right. right? So right. like there has to be something else. And like my language of like, let's create an empowering culture. That's just one way. But like there has to be another way to go. Okay, like let's get off that rung up to like an equal right. rung where we don't like where all, either everybody needs to be empowered in some way, <laughs> you know, or we're living in a, a different kind of like empowered world. Mm -hmm. 
Carrie had a question in the, she says that races and events these days, what type of questions and feedback do you get from both men and women? That's actually oh. really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, back in the day, I'd, I'd show up at some races where people, I had a couple of women come up and they're like, we're here because of you, you know, because I was writing about it in bicycling and they saw that women could actually do things, which is sort of that representation matters piece. But, um, you know, now it's interesting with the menopause stuff. Like when I go to, you know, I did uh, Spirit World, which is a gravel race in Patagonia. And this man came up to me, he was in the 60s, and he's like, you know, he said, I have to thank you. He said, my, he said, my wife now rides bikes and we, we talk about all that stuff. And, you know, like, like she had sort of checked out because of menopausal things. Mm -hmm. And she started listening to the show and he started listening to the show and improved their relationship. Mm -hmm. And now it, 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 it like opened his eyes in a way like how, how, how would his eyes other be, otherwise be open? Like, I can't blame him. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I can't be like, well, you should have known. Like he's, it's not in his, it's not crossing his path anywhere. He doesn't mm -hmm. even know to look for it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So like, you don't know what you don't know. And he mm -hmm. clearly just didn't know. Mm -hmm. And so that I've had a lot of those conversations where people are listening, like the men and the women are like very happy because like everybody is finally talking about it. Like I get a lot of real positive feedback from men at races because they feel like they have language to talk and there's more male with listeners than you think. Mm -hmm. um, and mm. I think it's that piece, like it's like this mystery, like mm -hmm. they can they can learn a little bit about it. So that's it's been very it's been really interesting to see how mm -hmm. that plays out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, do and does anyone else have questions? We've got some great stories coming through here. Um, Erica's story about growing up in a male dominant Latino household. You know, um, you're the rebel that broke that tradition. <laughs> That's a thing though. That's a thing. I mean, I had, I had friends, one of my best friends in high school, her father used her college education money to buy a truck because girls didn't need to go to college. Like that was a thing. Like mm -hmm. that, that was not uncommon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it wasn't like, you know, I'm 53. I'm not 153. That wasn't <laughs> that long ago. Yeah. Well, yeah, even like, you know, my own mom, you know, I it always stuck with me when she said I felt like I had three when I was 18 years old, I felt like I had three choices. I could become a nurse, a teacher right. or get married. Yep. I'm like, holy fuck, we've come a long way. Well, even when I said <laughs> I wanted to go to college, my mom literally said, well, you can still get married while in college. I'm like, yeah. yeah and that puts this message like, do I need to get married while I'm in yeah. college? Like, is that a, like, do I have to do that? Is there a... Yeah. Time's ticking, I guess. I mean, but that's all she knew. You know, she yeah. got married when she was 18. That's that's yeah. all she knew. Yeah. Okay. So like, do we want to go back to like creating the empowering community? Yeah, sure. And, like sure. what we can, what are the things that we can do? Um, yeah. What's on, what's your list? Well, I mean, I, I think like what, you know, my point is like what we are starting here, like these kind of like engage in this kind of, like like this kind of a thing like a summit like when you see the opportunity to engage in communities that align with you and that that are sort of empowering be part of it because you're always going to take something away from that mm -hmm. right like you're always going to walk away with another idea mm -hmm. and you're going to be connected the more you can connect to people the bigger the network grows and the more knowledge gets shared and the more it goes out into the universe. Like I really believe in sort of the power of one. And I think every single person mm -hmm. has that power. Mm -hmm. I think so too. I had written down to like about understanding how important it is to be when you're like a number two or a number three or a number 10 in an organization. Like I think sometimes we like right now we're in a um, part of history or a moment where we're like celebrating entrepreneurship a lot. Yeah. Right? So you see people like starting things you know, all the time, which is great, like start things, but also just like the power of like, bringing all those people together too. And that actually, like, I'm like, I, I'm speaking from experience, because I'm just so grateful for the people who like, have been willing to come along beside and say, like, like, oh, they're not just they're not supporting me per se, they're supporting feisty, like, right. I want to support this thing and our group and like, 
I want to be a, I like I'll be a number two or a number three and that yeah. you can go between those things too like you can be the head coach at your kid's soccer num- you can be the number one over there and the leader right? right and then also like use that leadership skill to be like to support someone else too so like that's something that I often think about um that and about working together um mm-hmm. um what else Hey, you started like, you know, you started the whole thing. But that that's but that is the point is um, when when you do start something, it's not like you have to uh, always be the engine. You know, you have to sort of mm. keep, keep things. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I actually think like I, if I took what you just said correctly, tell me if I didn't. But like, I feel like when people say, oh, like, look what you've created. I'm like, oh, it wasn't me. Like, and it's not ongoingly me. Like the people who are part of like, because like, look at what you've created with hit play, not pause. And right. how like, that was my on- point is it's not really right. like, she's like, you deserve this award. I'm like, well, okay. I started this thing, but it's really all these other, it's the collective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it's like using that, like using your skills and your leadership, like within, again, like within a a group of like the things that we're all doing together. Um, What's the best way to start spreading the message in social media? What are certain words or phrases that you feel are most beneficial to this cause? I honestly feel I kill a lot of people with honey. You know, I mean, that's my thing. Like I, I, it's, it gets really easy, especially in this culture of Twitter and, and short social media sound bites that you want like this call. We want to call out. We want to shut down. Right. Like because we get kind of like riled up and we want things to like keep progressing. So we want to be like ah, and just shutting down and calling out where I really do feel like where you can. I mean, there's some places that. It, you know, your energy may be better spent not even going there. But like, in general, I just find it good to like, uh, just, just share your own experience and share the positivity. Like, I, I don't use special words, I just try not to be negative. I try to always like, be positive, share positive experiences and share positive information. And like, it kind of just makes people it, it's hard for people to come and back at you with negativity when you are coming at them with positivity. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think too, like, yeah, something that I would add to that too is like meeting, being willing to meet people where they're, they're at. And that's been a big learn for me in this process too. Like, I think I used to get kind of, I mean, I've never been like an external, externally angry person, <laughs> but I think I would sit in like, conferences or I do like my talk and then someone would say something and just be like oh that guy right (laughs) um and then like at some point I started to shift to like oh like is there a way to like like what can I pull out of what that annoying person is commenting on right now and like how can I meet that person where they're at and bring them along in the conversation even if they're like even if they're way over there or it feels like they're way behind you know Um, there's usually something there's usually some connectivity mm mm-hmm like, mm-hmm. and I think that connectivity piece is important. I mean, I really do. I do too. And if you're not like, if you're not responding in that way, like, and I'm just being critical of my ex self here, like that you're not actually showing empathy for that person. Right. Like they didn't, they're not coming along being like, I'm going to be a bad person and mean, <laughs> and I'm going to comment. Like they actually think that, that they actually think that they're saying something intelligent and good. So like right. them where they're at. Yeah. Um. Oh, interesting, Miranda. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it is, it's, uh, it's great. These spaces are, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm eternally grateful and it, it, it's, it's life changing. Mm-hmm. The other, the other like piece of the journey that I'm hearing threads of through this whole conversation is like ongoingly like figuring out how to name our own internalized misogyny right mm. is does that make sense like mm-hmm. the, like that is so important because we're not we can't separate ourselves from our culture right, right? And we do have a culture that is misogynistic in many different ways and it affects us all differently right so um just unpacking that for ourselves helps us to like love ourselves but also love other people too um and that's part of that like being able to work with women too peace right because it's like like what is it that i dislike about myself that makes me see women negatively like how do i unpack that 
Yay. Okay. Um, I just don't want to miss anything in this conversation. Is there anything that we've uh, that we've overlooked here? I don't know. I think uh... no. I can see Ella backstage. Like no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I think it's covered. <laughs> no, we're kidding. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody. You know, just share your light, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just, just. That's all I. That's all I got. Oh. oh, there's a ways to go. There's a ways to go. I, I wasn't saying we're there. <laughs> Thank you, Alyssa. But yeah, um, for sure. And I, and I think I think what I you know I that piece is really important. And I I wanted to call it out a little uh, clearer, and maybe I didn't. I really liked the idea and it came up last night of steering the culture. Like when you think about mm -hmm. like, Oh, we need to change this culture. That, oh, that is an overwhelming ask. Mm -hmm. Like the, the, you, we cannot change the culture. Like mm -hmm. we, like that's just not in my mind a thing, mm -hmm. but we can like a hundred percent as we put this stuff out here and there's more of us and the, and it just spreads, it steers it. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, like nobody was talking about menopause and then like all of a sudden everywhere I look like places are, you know, mainstream places are talking about menopause like mm -hmm. that has steered the culture now. Yeah. And then you still then you still have that old culture coming in and it wants to be a little predatory and sell you things and make you feel negative. Right. Yeah. Or bad about yourself. And then you have to keep steering that culture. So that's that's why these conversations are so helpful and why these mm -hmm. spaces where we can come together and be like one mind of things a little bit mm -hmm. are really useful. Cause then we go out into the world and push back a little bit, speak out and keep just bringing more people with us. And that's, that's just how it goes. Yeah. And I think like, if you look at the history of the way that conversation or the culture has, has changed and been steered, like it typically will go in waves so yeah. like right now that like, and just being aware of that, I think sometimes helps because you, you know, you said like, as you said, like we've seen this a bit of a groundswell around menopause and education and people just aren't putting up with this shit anymore. Right. And, and there will be some pushback and it will yep. take a little dip and then it will go again. And it yep. will, the, the, the tip of the tide or whatever, the wave will be higher. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, Celine, tell us a bit about the book. You haven't talked, well, you talked about it earlier, but like, where can people get the book and like, how can we, yeah. Um, next level, it is out uh, May 17th and you can pre-order it now wherever you get your books. Like it is available for pre-order and, you know, it's really, it is uh, for the menopausal women's space, pretty much what Roar was for just women's physiology. It's just taking this very big thing that people often had some sort of shame or taboo around and just opening it up, talking about like where that shame came from. Like, why, mm -hmm. why do we feel that way? Mm -hmm. You know, what is the historical piece of that? And just digging in as Stacy does on the physiology, like exactly like what all your sex hormones do, what mm -hmm. they've done for your whole life, what happens when they start doing crazy things and start flatlining and then just a lot of advice to work with your physiology, everything from training to nutrition to adaptogens to yes, hormones, you know, like th they all have their place. And it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's just a guide. But I think it's really important in that in that in keeping with this conversation that it is a book, you know, and the book is more powerful in a larger community and in a larger culture. You know, so that is like sharing that and, and being part of these conversations and using the the book as part of this culture, as part of this movement is what really gives it uh, legs and gives it power. Fantastic. Did you hear this? Some child in the party next door is distinctly unhappy. Um, we hear you. Yeah. Um, okay, well, um, thank you so much, Celine, uh, for jumping in. I think if everyone could just tell Celine how much they appreciated this, I'm sure I'm sure that you did. Um, I know there's a couple minutes delay, but uh, thanks for being so vulnerable and open with us um, and for sharing this this uh, your story through Hitplay Not Pause. And yeah, we love having you part of our team. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks all. Keep on keeping on.
And before we sign off the podcast, I just wanted to thank Celine again uh, for jumping in at the last minute and doing such a wonderful keynote at the Women's Performance Summit. I hope everyone enjoyed listening to it. Uh, we, If you are summit curious, uh, you can buy the replays. So if you're listening to this like months later and you're like, whoa, I wish I had been able to attend that summit or I wish I could hear more, um, go to womensperformance.com and you can actually buy the replays. So that that will, will not be live for purchase um, on Monday when this first comes out, um, but it will be very shortly after that. So yeah, all the replays are in there. You can watch all the videos, learn all the things about how to, how active women can thrive throughout their lives. And yeah, I will see you all next week. Building muscle can be tough and gains can be so slow, even for those of us who do a lot of strength training. As an ex-endurance athlete who is now in perimenopause, I know this all too well. It can be frustrating to put in the time in the gym and not see the results I'm looking for. That's why it's super important to take the right supplements at the right time. One of those supplements is essential amino acids, which are needed to trigger muscle protein synthesis. Muscle protein synthesis happens when you eat high quality protein, like eggs or whey. And by supplementing with additional essential amino acids, you can make sure you are getting the full benefit of your training sessions. Targeted essential amino acid formulas can be up to four times more effective than just eating protein. I've been taking amino acids for almost a year, and in combination with eating quality protein and a couple other supplements, I have managed to turn the tides on age-related muscle loss, which starts at 30 for women, by the way, and I have continued to make strength gains as I head towards 50. AminoCo has been a longtime sponsor of Feisty Media and has supported all of our brands and podcasts over the years. I recommend starting with AminoCo Perform, and you can grab some at aminoco.com forward slash performance. If you enter the code performance, you will save 30% and receive a free gift if it is your first purchase. Give it a try and let me know how it goes. That's aminoco.com forward slash performance and use the code performance to save 30%. For decades, running shoes have been researched, tested, and designed for men. Brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are so excited to be working with Hedas. Hedas designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedas unlocks the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research, creates better shoes for women that support their longevity and performance, and establishes new design standards to promote transparency in a male-biased industry. Hedas have a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing, a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and to allow for female toe shape, a special kind of plate in the midsole to keep tired legs going, a narrow heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take the pressure off our Achilles, and a rounded instep to create a snug fit. Hedas has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've personally been running in the Alma Cruise and I love them. It's the shoe I always wanted and never knew I needed. The fit is perfect in every way. You can get your own pair of Hedas at Hedas.com and use the code FEISTY20 for 20% off. That's FEISTY20 at Hedas.com and it will all be in the show notes. Endurance sports should be accessible to everyone, right? That's why we are so excited to be partnering with Motive. Motive is one of the fastest growing training apps in the world today with thousands of amateur athletes signing up every month and a nearly perfect 4.9 star rating in the app store. 
You are not a template and your training plan should not be either. Prepare for running races, triathlons, cycling events, duathlons, or swim runs, however your season schedule shapes up, and get training written by some of the best coaches in the world in each discipline who know what it takes to help amateur athletes reach their goal on race day. The app takes the training written by those experts and then creates the most optimal training plan for your schedule, abilities, and goals. Plus, the training is fully customized to your race schedule. How much you can train each week, your current abilities, and the goals you want to achieve in your race. You can use the app for free as long as you want or get all the upgraded features from the app for just $19.99 a month. But as a feisty listener, you can sign up at mymotive.com and use the code FEISTY for two months of full premium access. That's right, you get two months of premium for free. So you quite literally have nothing to lose. So head over to mymotive.com, M-Y-M-O-T-T-I-V.com and use the code FEISTY, F-E-I-S-T-Y. And on a personal note, I know the founder of Motive and he is driven to make triathlon and all endurance sports more accessible for the athletes who care about their performance, but who aren't quite ready for a full-time personal coach. If that sounds like you, definitely try the app for two months for free. You literally have nothing to lose.